0: I'm Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. And welcome to Terminal 7.
1: Episode
0: 27.
1: 27. How's it going, Nels? It's good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. We are back. We are picking up
0: a thread that we left... Quite a while ago. Yeah, we've had a few guests. so it's We been- have. We had a couple guests. The meteor of Order and Chaos. Oh, no pun intended. <laughs> meteor. <huh? laughs> uh, <ugh>. um, <laughs> yes, the meteor of Order and Chaos landed, which obviously was... was <laughs> shook things up, up a lot. Definitely, definitely. A lot yeah. to talk about. Um, but we're picking back up. So a while ago, God, on episode like, I think probably 23. Wow. It's been four. I Jesus. think. Okay. Um, we started talking about... Archetypes.
1: Right. We needed As, something to because we didn't want to only cover new data packs, etc. Yeah. etc. So we yeah. wanted something that could actually fill but not be filler. Yes. Uh for yeah. Yeah, exactly. So
0: we talked about kind of the big deck archetypes inside of both Hospiroid and NBN. That was fun. Which was cool. Yep. And now we are gonna wrap up the corporate side of things talking about Jinteki and Wayland. Our um, favorite. Our favorite. Our favorites, so. Uh, that's why we saved them.
1: Yeah, that, um, we right. do
0: have some cool future casts lined up and the values coming out soon, so we're not sure exactly when we'll get to the runner archetypes, but I don't think it will be too long.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about what's coming up, yeah. for sure. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's, it's as, be as, great. as usual, yes. right? As, <laughs> oh, 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 as <laughs> all go, <laughs> goes without saying. <laughs> um, and also, we have a pretty cool
0: excitement. Annou- uh, we have a number of exciting announcements at the end, including one where we're uh, we're selling out. That's right. So, you're going to have to stay tuned. So we'll get to that at the end.
1: If you're still with us right now. Yeah, no, you're uh, probably gone. You're Everyone's probably. just like immediately, <laughs> they're out.
0: Um, okay, so do you want to start with Wayland or do you want to start with Jintech? Let's start with Jintechie. Techie. Okay. Because um, it's, so, it's at the top of the iPad. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's at the top of the notes. Um, so, it was interesting. Like, when we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, it seemed like with NBN. And HB. Like, obviously, there is some stuff where it's pretty dictated by the ID, right? Right, it's like, yeah. if you're playing this ID, you're kind of doing this. But with those factions, there's at least a bit where it's kind of like, if you're doing an HB fast advanced thing, there's kind of two or three different IDs that can support that. Yeah. Obviously, with NBN, you can do the same kind of thing where Making News and Near Earth Hub both kind of do that. And I guess, technically, the world is yours does that as well. Like, all of those three decks can do that same fast advanced thing, just in slightly different ways. Right. But looking at a lot of the Jinteki stuff... It's uh, it's very specific. It too. seems like it's largely... what you, I mean, a particular strategy is probably going to be owned by a specific ID. Yeah. That ID might have several different strategies within it, but it's kind of like, if you're trying to do X,
1: this is the ID
0: you're going to choose. Right. <laughs> I actually like, find
1: it interesting because like a lot of Jinteki's tricks are in the cards themselves and not the ID. Unless so in the ID. Yeah, IDs. so yeah. it's like it's still they still have tons of friggin' tricks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's in a different spot. Yeah. It's obviously
0: probably the one that maybe best encapsulates, like, the core of what Jinteki is about is, like, a super heavy net damage personal evolution. Damage. Yeah. Core, so, like, the core. the whole core, core identity where yeah. every time an agenda is stolen or scored, the runner takes one net damage.
1: Yeah, which is huge. The death by a thousand cuts kind of thing. Yeah. We see a lot of um cards that just have a lot of setup, and they get, like, one extra net damage, two extra net damage. Like, it, it wears down the runner, and eventually the runner's out of resources, and you just win Die. the game or kill him.
0: Yep. Yeah, and so this was kind of made notable with a name that I'm not in love with. It's okay. Kind of the, the Cambridge-style Jintech yes. EPE. That's because right. there was someone who, who was playing at the Cambridge Regional in Boston who won this tournament playing a deck like this. Right. Um... But it's not the first place that deck has been played. Sure. And not the, the only person who played that, that deck to great success, which is kind of why I don't like that as a name. I see. Um,
1: okay, I see. Is, is there actually a, a name that you do like? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, okay, good. I yeah. just
0: I just want to make that clear. Yeah. But um, uh, the second place winner at Worlds last year, Min Tran, yep. Um, he was running a deck very much like this. Yeah. And the yeah. idea is basically... You're just going to deal a crap load of net damage to the runner. And it's 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 twofold, right? Like, part of it is that's like, okay, well, the threat of the runner literally running out of cards and flatlining is there. But the other part of it is if you're playing against someone who's put together a good deck, probably all of the cards they have are going to be good. Yeah, or they need them. And especially yeah. if you take, like, one little linchpin
1: out of their... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're
0: playing against some criminal who has no recursion and only has one copy of Corroder as their only Fractor, and then just early on you just happen to, like score a clone retirement or something you deal one net damage that crowder's gone they're like well i guess i hope is, you yeah. don't have any barriers <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the idea like you, you you utilize a bunch of card both agendas that give you net damage or are easy to score as traps like you don't use a lot of i you use some advanceable things and you're bluffing those advanceable things as either as, as, a, as a trap, usually Cerebral Overrider. Sure. because which,
1: which, which, which puts so much pressure. Like, brain damage against oh, the yeah. PE is
0: just the worst. It's bad. Like, it seems that most people have drifted away from Project Junebug just because there's Deus Ex to a lesser extent feedback filter.
1: And the more good people you play, the harder it is to whack people with stuff like that. Like, exactly.
0: Like, a three advanced Junebug means if the runner had five cards, they draw one card, they can run on it. And they'll lose some stuff, which sucks. Yeah. But they'll survive. But... Taking three points of brain damage against <laughs> PE is—you are in trouble. Yeah, usually it <laughs> you're, does in, you're in lots of trouble. As
1: as our buddy, uh, good buddy Seth Rosen, manages to whack everybody with his right. writer. I don't know how he does it. I've been hit by a not
0: and not in a genteki deck
1: in an in NBN deck. deck. That's yeah, right, yeah. So Seth
0: and I played at a, a store champs here in Vancouver. Actually, earlier in this week, he actually took third. Great, great, good, good, good job, Seth. Yeah, and and in three of four rounds, he hit people. Including me <laughs> with that goddamn cerebral overrider.
1: <laughs> yeah, he got me in the other chap. Same place, I think. I don't yeah. know. I guess that's Seth's haunt or something. Yeah, <laughs>
0: um But yeah, so that so uh, kind of like death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, and that,
1: that's why a big agenda for new PE is uh, house of knives, right? Yes. That's like, so, yeah, it's, You it's score it and then three for like,
0: one, yep, and then it when scored it gives it's got three tokens on it. Each of those can be spent during a run. To deal a point of net damage only one per
1: run it's but getting, that's yeah, so very get like four, four net damage out of three exactly basically so yeah it's cost of three eventually yeah. uh so. and it's
0: it's it's very good and it's one per run not one per turn either right. some people think house of knives can only be used once per run uh once per turn it's once per run and if you have multiple house of knives scored if you have two scored
1: you can deal two damage in one run right which is the colossal. worst it's the worst <laughs> yeah so um, Nels, I've heard that some people say like these decks kind of play themselves.
0: That I don't think that's true. I don't. Right I'm. I'm I, I, <laughs> I. I. I don't
1: really agree either because I, I. find that um as I. I brought the, the the worst possible Jinteki deck to our last tournament, and uh, the 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 Jinteki setup is like, I think that. It's 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 hard to wrap to, it's it's they're hard to play because your your tools aren't super powerful they're just really tricky I don't yeah. know that's the way I've kind of seen it because I'm used to more brute force cards and stuff yeah. like that there's like a subtlety and there's a lot of so I definitely don't think these 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 play themselves no. the the ID is very powerful but the, but the but the but the decks don't just like
0: yeah well I mean the big things it seems like you often have to keep in mind are where your money's at because a lot of your worst stuff is either you want to be able to trigger a snare, which right. is four credits, which for the corporation expensive. Is, is not cheap yeah. at all. Um, or you want to be able to successfully, or you need three credits to trigger a cerebral overrider, or you need to be able to, you know, have four credits to drop two nearly MPs if the runner ends their turn on one card, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah. So always floating between like five and 10 credits tough. is really important. Um, and so knowing it's like, okay, well, when can I res this? When should I not res this? Like, how aggressive is the runner being? Like, are they sitting back and, like, hitting Mr. Lee a ton because they're just looking for that feedback filter? Sure. It's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then I should put some things down. I sh- You should be way more comfortable putting things down as traps that are actually Agenda's score. Because that's the thing is that this deck is at its absolute most dangerous when you are on fire. Four or five points, right? Because then the runner has to treat every single thing you, you have to respect everything, yeah. As the game-winning agenda, yep. um So yeah, it's definitely some of the wor- some of the worst place you can be is to like have eight credits, score a House of Knives or something off the table. You installed the last turn, go down to five, and have a bunch of like other things you've been kind of building up advancement on tokens board, on. Yeah, and then the runner hits through the count siphons. So you have no credits and then they just just clears the board they just clear the board so yeah. either they're scoring your agendas or they're trashing your ronins or your traps without taking any damage or whatever yeah so that's often the case that you really need to be consistently like staying above 8 to 10 credits yeah um which is tricky. It's
1: tricky, yeah. Especially because there's, there's so many cool things you want to whack people with in Jinteki, I found. Yeah, that's why I always play the out of faction because yes. with Jinteki, <laughs> I I can't make that decision. I'm like I can I can save for a snare or I can hit him with a katana and I'll always take a katana <laughs> <like> over over, <laughs> over over like maybe he'll get my snare, but that's always that's also always like screwed me up too. Yeah. Oh, I'm on a <laughs> Kamainu, and now I can't hit him with the two snares. He he R and D accessed or something. Yes. And that just that just makes that's just tough for me.
0: Yeah. So it's definitely there's a lot of. There's a lot of being very mindful and looking at your timing with the kind of uh, being threatening with net damage, but ultimately looking to be able to... Because I think that's the trap that sometimes people can get into playing is that, like, I'm going to win by flatlining the runner. It's like, you know, you, sh- you should your plan should be to win by scoring points. Yeah. And you can either... You get lucky and you can do a flatline, or it's that threat of you being s- able to keep scoring that forces the runner into your trap. So yeah. they're kind of like in a... Damned if they do, damned if they don't, position right. Where either they're letting you get your points scored, or they're checking it, eventually hitting some traps, putting themselves in a vulnerable position, and then lights out.
1: Yeah. So super classy Jintechi. Been been there since the beginning, really.
0: Yeah. And it just it keeps getting new things that make it a little bit more interesting, a little bit better.
1: Yeah. It's cool. Um and then there's
0: kind of another variant of Personal Evolution, which I played a while back, like maybe in the middle of last year, which is really
1: cool. And I kind of like to go back to it again. Um, and this is cool because it splashes our our uh, brother corporation, I guess. That's right, Wayland, <laughs> um,
0: is you use both uh, power shutdown and a lot of program destruction plus net damage yeah. to still be able to to, to to win by scoring points. Like they,
1: it's what, like, makes the runner rigless, basically. Yeah. They so, just, like, yeah.
0: if they're not installing their programs, they're losing them to net damage when either you score agendas or they score agendas or they hit snares or whatever. Right. Or if they are putting their programs down, then you have stuff like Power Shutdown... And Archer, right?
1: Which... Arch, Archer out of PE. I actually remember you nailing me with that. Actually, you, you, you really made me want to. After I forgot Archer in Azumid. Out of yes. I think it was your PE. Yeah, It was probably your PE. It was probably this deck. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that was like Archer out of it makes it makes so much sense because you have Clone retirements. You have lots of great Archer foods. Yes, out of Gintoki. Yeah, and so... all of a sudden he getting hit out of like Archer. You should have a Sentry Breaker anyways, but Archer's really beefy. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and that oh well, that's the thing, right? Is it like with power shutdown? You can get fairies off the board. Yep, for n- having to trash no cards, and then you can do the Inazuma Archer thing, or even just Archer, because a lot of people are like, I'm mimic, gonna have, I'm I'm gonna a have mimic. Fairy and Mimic, and you're like, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> I I I love I love Archer for that reason. I know what's in Wayland, but I love Archer just because it's like it's such a monstrous like. Piece of ice. Yeah. And it's cool to see it make this crazy comeback. And it's it's kind of nice and nostalgic as a runner when you get hit by an archer and right. you're like, damn,
0: <laughs> damn, that card. Yeah. And so the idea is that, like, you kind of expect people to set up with the the, the typical anti-gen tools, things like fairies, Deus Ex, Mimic. Yeah. And then you just try to legit score behind cheap, cheap ice. So, like, your Enigmas, your Quandries, yeah. your Himitsubako, your paper walls. Yeah. And then as soon as they put down the real breakers, then you get grims and power shutdowns right. and archers, and you just blow all their stuff up, and then you just keep scoring because Jinteki has like a lot of good scoreable. It's agendas got like bra- sure. Brain Trust is, got, is a three two. Yeah, it's, and Brain Trust is huge. fine. Yep, you just put it down, score it, and then you've got
1: other stuff like House of Nines. so you can keep the and, flat line. And I, I, I guess we didn't mention this earlier, but yeah, Fetal AI is a beast agenda in. Pep, yeah, absolutely. So good. Like three, three, three net damage, and it costs them two. That's pretty huge.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. If, if probably rare is the game you'll get through without the runner stealing any agenda ever. Sure. So if they're gonna have to steal something, That'd be a fetal. That's what I want them to steal. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah. So then the idea is, you, know, you just, you just like you're happy to get your, you score some cheap clone retirements or you know three for ones, and then you just that turns on Archer, and then you just obliterate their rig. And then just keep going. And then and you can still maybe have thread threat a flat line if you need it. Yep. Like, you know, Koma Inu, what's behind it could be a snare. Or actually, if, if they can't deal with Koma Inu, it doesn't matter what the thing behind it is. Yeah. If it's an agenda, they will die. They will, they'll lose, yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and, and it's almost like you're using the PE, like, oh, I'm, he's trying to kill me. But you're like, no, I'm not. I'm actually just going to win the game and yeah. take away all your programs. Yeah.
0: And the net damage is just is just gravy for yeah. getting more programs out of your hand, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool variant that I actually like a lot, and I think people definitely when when people see personal evolution hit the table, they think it's one very specific thing.
1: Yeah, and now um, you can you can surprise them with yeah. with stuff like power shutdown and stuff like Archer, which is very very cool. Yeah, I like it a lot.
0: Um, so the next going chronologically.
1: Okay, I see that's what we're doing.
0: Yeah, the next Ginteki ID that showed up was in the Genesis cycle. Right, has obviously seen a lot of play lately. Yeah being replicating perfection
1: yeah so, rp decks and if, and so what does rp do so the our, our, our our white our white tree our friend white tree, our friend white tree
0: um is you cannot make a run on any remotes what now that so, seems how, impossible how can i win the game <laughs> ignore this ability if you made a run on the central server this turn so basically the runner has to hit a central either archives r&d or hq before they can run on any of the remotes. Right. It doesn't have to be a successful run.
1: It just needs to go. So, so you can walk
0: in and bang
1: your head into an Eli.
0: Yep, and just, okay, cool, done, keep going. Or if they, or if the corporation chooses not to res a piece of ice, you can just immediately jack out as That's well. That's right,
1: because you are you have a window. You,
0: you can't run at nothing and then jack out. Yeah, but the idea behind most flavors of a replicating perfection deck is to leverage the fact that Jinteki has a bunch of nasty... Centuries that are just really taxing to deal with that you can't really ignore. Yep, um, you bring in some other, like some other types of ice things, like Marcus one or Eli yeah, Mark Toll Booth. I,
1: as, as, as as you've mentioned before, Marcus really finds an awesome home in um, RP. Yeah,
0: because um, you're either eating clicks or you're take and money anyway yeah. it's that's, good
1: so what's the current that came out that just sets rp on fire yeah. and makes it like the worst thing to play yeah. against and then something.
0: there's an hb current called enhanced login protocol
1: right what does this do where the first
0: run that's made not using a run event, so just normal, like, dirty laundry's fine. Like how no, like,
1: like how every runner runs. But yes, basically. the normal runs
0: all <laughs> cost an extra click to initiate. Right, so, so, we're, the, so
1: we're talking half your turn's over before you can even hit a remote or gain econ. Correct. <laughs> yeah.
0: So then the idea with most of these RP decks is you just put the runner in a position where they need more than four clicks. They don't have enough time to yeah. steal. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then you use things like Caprice Nisei or ash yeah number number blah 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 to basically build up a strong scoring server and then you're chaining ideally nisei mark ii or if you have to an apd contract and then occasionally a future perfect to round out seven points so ideally you want to go like yeah. nisei nisei future perfect right
1: and that's it for the game basically. yeah <laughs> and and if anyone has played against an rp with enhanced protocol and they have a Scored Nisei token. Yeah. It's, it's 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 almost like to a point where you're like, this is probably game. Like yeah, It feels it's like this like is it's...
0: probably maybe impossible or my win's going to have to come out of R&D or HQ. That's but right. all the agenda, the agenda suite almost always is just three Nisei Mark Twos, three yep. NAPDs, and three Future yep. Perfects. And those NAPD contracts and the Future Perfects are all super annoying to steal. Yep. So your hope, but you can't win just stealing the Nisei Mark Twos. Nope. So you have to get at least one of those other pain-in-the-ass agendas. Yep. Um, and they're almost always protected by a bunch of really taxing ice. So you're like, it takes me more than a turn's worth of resources to get in to maybe see an NAPD contract that now I don't have enough money left to steal. Yeah, and then also you'll be, uh, be hitting Ash so I can out-trace you no problem yeah. or something like that. And then, so, okay, so then you had to pay three credits to trash Ash. Then you have to go in again to this remote server that's like an Eli in a Lotus Field. Yeah. And you're just like... Uh, if you didn't start your turn with, like, 30 credits, uh, good night and goodbye. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, 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 and I guess this kind of cool thematically. It's like the, the runner doesn't have enough, like, time in the day to 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 to, to delve in the Labyrinthian yeah. techie setup, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, and there's a minor variant, which I actually ran at that store championship. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right yeah this, this was uh, Grail, right? Yeah, that uses the full Grail suite. Because, again, that can be... Like all that grail ice can be super taxing. Yeah, great um,
1: grail super, super legit in, yeah. in, in, and in anything, but here yeah. it's especially quite good. Yeah,
0: because most people will usually not they know that RP is a little bit slower, so they usually won't start running until they have a mimic or another century breaker down. You're like, Cool, I got my Galhad. Galhad's got his yeah. buddy
1: Lancelot and Merlin. Yep.
0: That's uh in the run, I trash your fairy and two points of net damage.
1: Yep. Really, really, really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah Grail, Gra- Grail is awesome at anything. It's super legit.
0: Yeah. And then, you basically, you're almost guaranteed to always, all that Grail Ice is going to have two other subs, so right. it's super taxing. Merlin is really high strength. The other stuff is really cheap to
1: res. Oh, sorry. And, and an aside, uh, Nels, if you have an Atman and you're up against Grail, what do you set the Atman at right away? Always four. Always, always four. four. Always yes, four. I,
0: I, I <laughs> was playing a, a cool Kate deck that I actually really like a lot, and I'd been sitting on an Atman for way too long, and I was just relying on... Cerberus to keep going uh not Cerberus well yes lady specifically right. to keep going past this Eli and then I was like oh god Merlin's so expensive to break with zoo Ugh, I don't know what I'm gonna do and the whole time this atman's just atman's sitting, sitting in my like, head I'm like hey Nels come on
2: come on just put me in just put me in boss put, put me in me the game. coach come put on me in the
0: game. <laughs> I should have been like all right it's all happening for four okay well Eli's done Merlin's, Merlin's done. done yep Field is done <laughs> yeah Yep, so uh, if, if you're playing against a Grail RP deck and you're playing Shaper, Atmin 4 is the answer. Atman I mean, that's four. often the it's answer. It's often the answer,
1: so it should be honest. I, I had the same problem. I yeah. should have Atmin 4. But, but definitely
0: <laughs> against Grail RP, install Atmin of Strength 4, and you are in a much better
1: position. That's right, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, and and so, okay, another thing is um, Econ in RP. Yes. Yeah, Sundu came out, which yes.
0: is huge. Sundu was huge. I mean, I, I, I still think there's probably someone eh, okay you can kind of do it with industrial genomics but i think there's other interesting places for sundew. but obviously the place it definitely shows up the yeah, most is yeah. nrp because it's just it always will work because you can't because sundew is a is a Gen-Decky asset two to res two to trash it pays out two credits at the start of the runner's turn uh, it pays out two credits if the runner doesn't spend their first click running running out. on that sundew server but Bye hit rp you can't do that because you have to run a central first ergo it always pays out an rp plus if all that all the ice on all three centrals is nasty you can't just run in kind of ignore it because if it's like a Surugi, a coma inu and an excalibur or something you're like okay well i guess i need some other breaker to go get that naked sundew off the board yeah
1: and sunday's trash is two two so so it's
0: relatively cheap to trash but yep. it pays out a lot of money really fast for sure and then usually yeah because of that just the remotes are inherently protected by the ice on the central servers at least once so then lots of other trashable like like relatively high trash cost drip econ is usually what rounds out rp so either yep. mental health clinic or pad campaigns yep stuff like that cool cool classic cards pad campaign yeah making um, the rounds and then of course the the world champion last year, Dan Diargento, he won with an RP deck that was basically one of these. The the, the not the Grail one because Grail stuff hadn't come out yet. Right. The just Serugi's and Koma Inus, yep. Eli's, all that, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. So it's a good setup. It's a little bit slow. Sure. Um, I don't find it super exciting to play. Do, yeah,
1: I I, I don't really either. But do you find like a really explosive, really early pressure runner is in a better position against? RP, like, um, it depends on like if I'm as slow at setup. setting up as they are, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's
0: it's tricky. The kind of the the the, the when RP can run away with it is one because all their eyes tend to be pretty expensive, um, and they really need a lot of cash to make sure their scores are absolutely going to be secured, right? Um, so letting their drip econ tick for too long even it's just like oh it's mental health clinic it's one credit per turn it's three for me to trash Ugh, it's probably not worth it when you th- think that way then you've basically lost <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure like for sure. that's that's when RP can just run away with it is when you let them just sit on a lot of money for a long time right, so, so, if, that, so
1: if you aren't going to be if you aren't going to be trashing their stuff you better have another game plan of yes. winning let's like just yes um, what
0: definitely makes RP the saddest is trashing their ice because their ice tends to be very expensive and usually pretty low
1: strength and they don't have too much of it really. And they
0: usually don't have a ton of it. Um, That's right. so like,
1: and we all know what trashing grail ice does. It really, it man. cripples a lot bit a, more of your game plan than it would be if you're just trashing regular ice. Yeah.
0: So parasite or eater cutlery stuff is definitely what makes RP sad yep. for sure. Um, Yeah. So, but it's inter- it's an interesting setup. It's definitely it's it's a cool deck that's out there that is that is very different than normal black tree PE for sure. Yeah,
1: and what I remember, I remember when it first came out, and it was kind of like a joke ID. I yeah. Like, well, community wise, they're like, "What? This is just garbage." And people really tried to make it work, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um. And that, but now it's like, it's, there's so many tools. It just it it wins games. It wins. <laughs> it wins games all over the place.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So then the agendas that showed up. Uh, agendas IDs that showed up in Honor and Profit. Right, they all defined also some new archetypes, kind of. Yeah, I loved um, Honor and Profit. Honor yes, Profit was a
1: really really good big box. I, and they're all good, but this one was a, lo- a lo- yeah. lot. Yeah, it fun. definitely for Gentecky especially
0: cracked open like a bunch of different things to try out. Yeah, um,
1: one of which was
0: Old Harmony MedTech.
1: Yeah, this is really cool because it's uh, what we got another forty.
0: 40- yep, 12? 12 So smaller, thinner deck, which is nice. Um. And it is kind of basically a rush deck. because... Yeah, it, because it, it
1: kind of rushes the whole game. Yeah, a rush <laughs> game <laughs> Rush deck. game deck,
0: yeah. <laughs> because it ends the game when six points have been scored. Right. That's it. Either, so, either side, so I, so runner I, or corporation. So,
1: so all those notoriety decks are like... Oh yeah. That's this right. Is, this is <laughs>
0: score one three point agenda, three notorieties. GG. <laughs> That's right. So hey, it's a cool setup. You know, six points scored, game's over. So now now this you, there's a couple ways of doing this. Correct. So the big question with Harmony MedTech is, am I gonna go with scoring two big three point agendas or three, three or twos? more sure. smaller agendas? Um and either way is totally valid. Yep. Like with the With the all three pointers. That basically means you only have six agendas in your entire deck. Yeah. Three of them are almost certainly going to be the future perfect.
1: (laughs) Which means they're annoying to score. Yeah,
0: and then the other three are probably pryrek or maybe some number of the shards from the Lunar Circle. Yeah. Um, Probably not that new one. Fragments?
1: Or shards. Um, Shards. Shards are runners.
0: Yeah, so fragments. Yes. The three fragment Mm -hmm. agendas. There you go. Um, Yeah, either of which is a good setup just depending on what you want. And then you can... It's just like, all right, game on, let's go. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and we also got um, the medical uh, reach, uh, medical breakthrough. Medical or? breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. which so is
0: if you're going for a smaller, lighter setup where you're scoring two point or one point agendas, then it's are you gonna be blitzing them out with like Saint Ten City Grid or yep. Trick of Light? Sure. Um, there's a super goofy harmony deck that I also like a lot, where you basically use Mushin no Shin and <laughs> Plan B.
1: Oh, I love this. Yeah. No, so, one,
0: no one even remembers what Plan B is. No. So plan B <laughs> is a trap where when accessed, it costs no credits. I lost a game because I thought it cost one like Junebug. It does not. Oh, it costs Plan zero. B is zero. It is one credit to trash. Oh. That's where I got it. That's where the one is. Yeah. So plan B is an ambush, so you just advance it like you would any other kind of advanceable trap. And then when it's accessed, the... Corporation can then score an agenda straight out of HQ that has a scoring requirement equal to or less than the number of advancement counters on Plan B. Right. So what you do is you Mushin no Shin, and then either put some ice in front of it or advance it once, depending on what the other agendas in your HQ are. I love the Mushin advance. That's the sweetest move I think. So if you have the first medical breakthrough, that's absolutely what you do. You Mushin Plan B advance it once. If the if it gets run on, you're like cool they, they're they like okay uh install deus ex run and you're like cool i score a medical breakthrough out of hand for yep. the
1: first one making the other medical breakthroughs three two and then two two yep. perfect
0: perfect and then if the runner doesn't run on it you advance it again so it's up to five or yeah. six and <laughs> then you use it for trick of light yeah to score other things directly out of your HQ. so, so, you, got a, so you got a cool battery that's exactly. what, that's what the b stands for <laughs> plan B, plan battery, plan battery, great. Yeah, and then between that and stuff like clone retirement, which you can already store directly out of hand, and again, you can use Archer just to keep your centrals really, really locked down until either
1: more Trick of Lights or Ar- Archer or- costing you your precious agenda points might be a little bit fudgy, but yeah. So. But yeah. if it's like
0: a, if you got if you scored an extra clone retirement, yep, eh, whatever. Yep. Especially if you're using it to obliterate a bunch of their breakers, you'll be able to, and you just have recursion like archive memories or reclamation order she and i find sheq also fits really well into yes and and sheq the jinteki asset where if accessed from either the archives or hq or on the board um the the corporation can pay as many credits as it wants and then the runner must either suffer that many credits worth of net damage or score sheq as an agenda worth negative Negative one one. so if that's the case and you're playing the all three-pointers setup. So if the runner takes (laughs) even one of those, they have to score literally half the agendas in your deck to win. To win. (laughs) Yeah. So there's that. (laughs) Yeah. Um so yeah, both of those flavor of harmonies are cool and I think
1: either can be pretty darn interesting. And if any like people like I I love playing forty card. Yeah. Forty card decks. It's it's a lot of fun. So it's cool to see it in in Harmony
0: can be a little bit of a bummer. I have been both on the um uh, capitalizing and receiving in right. of literally one turn losses where it's like <laughs> agenda agenda game over <laughs> sorry at the um at the seattle regionals uh i played uh, a really rad dude but i believe um i had a wizard deck and turn one he did he did a motion and then he installed a piece of ice over it leaving his HQ empty. And I was like, siphon, siphon, <laughs> score the thing in the remote, which was an agenda, run R and D top cards, feature Perfect. He doesn't have yep. any money left.
1: Win the side game. Win the side game. Yes.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Well, so it's, 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 <laughs> it's
1: win big lose way bigger, I guess. Yeah. So. so,
0: and I think I, I kind of like being on that razor's edge. Yeah. Um, the next
1: ID that was in honor and profit was tenon, yeah, so tenon's really interesting. I played against my, my favorite introduction to tenon was actually through you, when you were playing your really weird. Uh, that was where I got um, the mambas. No, no, no. The <laughs> mambas didn't sting in the night. No, this I, the 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 first time I played. This is where you actually whacked me with uh, Inazuma an Archer Zuma. Ah, uh, yes. Which was with, with, with your tenon.
0: Yeah, so tenon is um, just normal forty five fifteen. But if the runner does not make a successful run the corporation gets to place an advancement token on any card they want on the board,
1: period. Yeah, now this ad, this this started with some confusion because you can actually start putting these things on the runners. On runners' cards, cards. on non-advan- non-advanceable ice, Yeah. whatever on you wood want. Cutters. On woodcutters. On woodcutters. On woodcutters. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it. You're like, come on, guys. Get that
0: woodcutter into right. your rock. Uh, and so there's kind of two big flavors of Tenon, it seems like. There's either going to be a never-advanced setup which I think of the two I like more. Right. Or the version where you just never build a remote at all and you're scoring entirely with Trick of Light, basically. Trick, tricks. So, um, so so
1: so you you're you you want some a bit of recursion so we can keep using these trick of lights. Yeah, especially
0: in the trick of light version and um the I think the Polish national champion had a deck like this cool. at Worlds, which did pretty well. Right, right, right. But you use stuff like, obviously, lots of the advanceable Wayland Ice. Yep. So your Ice Walls. Green and red, man, they they, they... they they go together pretty well. For sure. Um, Yeah, Ice Walls, and then some of the new Cosmic Ice, I think there's interesting stuff to do in there. Tyrant. Right. Tyrant is actually a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, all those subs, all those subs. Yeah, and then you just... with the With the all-Trick-of-Light version, where you never build a remote you just kind of build up a crap load of money, build up even more money with commercialization, and then just score with trick of light, score again with trick of light, then pull the trick of lights back with reclamation order. You wait for the next agenda to show up. You keep scoring. So it can be kind of a bear. Yep. Um, the, the, when those decks tend to go down, it is because they often have a lot of agendas piling up in HQ and, so and the they're legs, them or... yeah. And they're waiting for the, the, the right scoring tools to show up. Right. So sniping those out with like a legwork or trash them with a wanton destruction. And sneak, sneak doors, can sneak door, can be be sure.
1: a huge pain in the ass. Right. Um,
0: and then the other flavor of tenon, which I like a bit more is the never advanced setup where you only ever build one remote. One, like, real remote, basically. Right. You get it, like, two or three deep, and then you just put a card in there, and then kind of the threat is always that's a Nisei Mark II. Yeah, And which if, if ruin you ruin your day. Yeah, if you don't make a successful run, I'm using my ID token on there. I'm putting three more of my own advancements on
1: there. Nisei Mark II from Boom. not being advanced. Yeah. But it could also be a snare. Yeah. It could also be Edge of World. <laughs> so this is what you actually ran, and you actually ran Mambas in it. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So, what's the benefit of running the most powerful Jinteki card? <laughs> Is that Mamba? <laughs> no. It's a... You become obsessed with Mamba recently. <laughs> I recently tried to try to use Mamba, and it was so worthless. It was like <laughs> it was just. It became the, the joke of the the few people playing around me was just how how worthless my Mamba play was. And I... I just want to know what your experience with it was. Yeah, in, in so Tenon, I like
0: Mamba a lot, partially because it's strength four, so it's much harder to parasite. Yep, it's mimic a range. Got it. Um, it's it's kind of pricey, especially because you want to have enough credits afterwards. This is to, six. This is six costs. It's, it's six nice. to res, and then you want to have at least two more free for the side game. Um, but it's the it's ice that usually people will not run through over and over again. Um, it is expensive to break with almost all serious century breakers. I guess that's right. Yeah, and then that extra one point of damage can just like. If you have that and House of Knives scored, you know, the runner runs on your Never Advanced Remote, and you're like, okay, well, ping one with House of Knives, ping one with that Mamba token, you have two cards left. Do you want to access this?
1: Uh, okay, cool.
0: <laughs> it's like, even if it's a fetal, you can probably follow it up. You could easily follow it up with an EMP, and if it's an Edge of World or a Snare, oh, oh, goodbye. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah so i i like that as a in the never advanced setup. i like that as like one of your as like your main beefy sentry, basically Cool. okay yeah um and i'm just mucking around a little bit now but i actually think space camp is nice hilarious in tenon yeah wow that's like <laughs> so
1: you're getting a bunch of advancements like they well they access they're, they're basically if they, if they hit space camp They've made a run. It's successful. Yeah. But you still get you, your, your little, token. You still get your token. Yeah.
0: And unless someone's unless basically you're playing against a criminal with security testing, as soon as you've got a space camp in archives, you never have to spend any ice on
1: archives. Right. Which is awesome. Right. Because yeah. they're just going to be keep giving you free events. Yeah.
0: So just fine. It's like, oh, if you want to run on archives to not give me my token and I get two tokens instead. <laughs> totally fine. I'm <laughs> happy with that. It's totally cool. Cool. Um and then finally the last agenda that was in Modern profit. ID even. Uh, ID. God damn it. Every is time. <laughs> no, I I'm, 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 I'm the exact same way. Uh, is the Nisei Division, which is basically every time you do a side game, you just when it's done, you get a credit back. Right. Um, which makes all your side games way more potent, which is cool. Right. Uh, this is definitely the goofiest yes, of is. all I, of the Jinteki IDs. Um, I don't think it's I mean, there are more cards now that you yeah know, utilize side games like still well, a lot of tons
1: snowflakes still really awesome
0: Snowfl- about it. snowflake is rad snowflakes really it's good it's basically a Gentechi pop-up window except you can turn it on when you need to or you can pretend to turn it on when you need to right like when you've got two snares in HQ oh all of a sudden you start bidding one and the runner goes oh ha yeah they've got
1: something they're trying to keep safe and you're like sure i do yeah and you can you can do a goofy kill server or something we got like bullfrog i guess you can that's a side game yeah i still it's don't know it's kind of it's kind of like a pile of garbage it's not very no one's kind of junky not really good We do have the mamba though that's our new side game that's right the newest side game is the i mamba. mean you
0: if it does it does make all of the side games way more intense to the point where it's like you can mushin something use your last click to slap a caprice on it, immediately raise that caprice and just be like, you want to do this dance four times? <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And you reasonably might be able to score that agenda, right? Because at the worst, you are spending one credit if the runner is spending
1: two. And and, and I, I I do love that Cygames added an, a, a, an interesting mechanic, of course, because it's an interesting mechanic, but also that like person to person, some people just crush side games yeah they're just really 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 good at it and some people are really bad at it and yeah. that's what that's another interesting random act like act like act randomization in this game yeah i know a big thing is all about mass and money but when you actually when the when the chips are down you both have tons of money and this is a winning agenda yeah we actually had this at us our last subies tournament Everybody's everybody was done but that one last guy oh came right to yeah the yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody just watching it was just yeah. like it was pretty awesome it was really good
0: um yeah, and so it seems like probably in that Nisei setup, you also, Cerebral Cast is really good. Right. That's the, after the runner makes a run, I don't even think it has to be successful. It might have to be successful, but the runner at least has to make a run. Maybe a successful, one. I don't remember. Um, corporation plays this operation, Cerebral Cast. They initiate a side game. If it is successful, the runner chooses to either take a tag or take a point of brain damage. So the setup you probably want to do is also pack a couple you know, Scorched Earths or whatever. Yep. And then just kind of put them in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Yeah. Um, which you guys think could be interesting. Like, I'd like to I'd mucked with that a little bit and then backed away, but I think there could be something cool there, probably. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then finally the last Jinteki ID. And I know we've kind of been talking about all these archetypes just in terms of the IDs, but
1: they are pretty they, tightly yeah, married. Yeah. Unless, unless well, you could be like me and bring uh, Nisei Division and a deck that can't possibly win. <laughs> you could you you could really kind of mess with him there, which which I kind of noticed. Um, I I'm I'm a bad Jinteki player, which is why I took a Jinteki deck I, I made in three minutes to a tournament. <laughs> so you did it. I did it. I did it. Um, but I noticed that the threat, like the 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 Jinteki threat, is fascinating. Uh, when I had a junk server, but nothing was res, and the corp, uh, the guy had no exposure of uh, exposure, of course, right. So, but still he couldn't run on it because he just couldn't take that chance. Yeah. And at the end when I when I went and won the game, I flipped over all my ice and I was like looking at it I'm like wow, this was garbage. This <laughs> is all trash. Is this is all just trash ice. And I think like <laughs> it's 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 just interesting that no matter what Genki ID you can bring that power with you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So that is I guess that is true. Is that
0: like at the at the highest level, there's all just because all the sentries are so vicious and often the assets are as well, there's always like a little bit of fear you kind of get for free. Yeah. Which is really Actually, pretty nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the last archetype, right, is the ones that fall out of industrial genomics,
1: <laughs> right? Where, and I, I actually got to play again. I actually played a, a game uh, at our at our tournament at, term, at Terminal Seven. Oh, sorry, ter- Terminal City. <laughs> the Terminal Cable City tabletop game. There you go. Thank you. I actually got to play against one of these dykes and it was just fascinating. I went through all three imps. <laughs> which, is the only, which is the only way I could have won the game. Right, Maybe. yeah. It has to be. So
0: so what does IG do? Yeah, Industrial Genomics is for every face-down card in the archives, the trash cost of all cards is increased by one credit.
1: But, Mels, what happens if you have four cards face-down And then I hit a snare in your HQ. You also have to pay four credits to get rid of that snare. If I can't pay four, do you just get the snare back? Yeah, it just stays in HQ. Oh wow. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's kind of (laughs) trash. And I I I love seeing Ronins in this deck. Ronins (laughs) and hostile infrastructure are both incredible. (laughs) Yeah, hostile infrastructure is gonna cost what? Let's say average eight. Sure. Let's just say there's three face down cards. Usually your archives has a combine or something bad in front, and then a caprice. A caprice or a Hokusai grid, and tons of and shocks, then, and then shocks and or she cues or space camps. It's like it's, it's like it's like the Punji Stick archives. It's yes. Like the, you don't want to go there, but you kind of have to because you want a free access so you can actually start trashing things.
0: Yeah, yeah, because you're threatening either Ronins or you're getting a crap load of money off pad campaigns. Yeah, there, or yeah, yeah, pad campaigns,
1: use, and there's nothing quite like a runner hitting a Ronin this this three advanced. Yep. And he's like, I don't have ten dollars. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> what am I gonna? It's like. Um.
0: Yeah. It, it can be pretty good. The the uh the agenda composition. I'm not sure exactly what the nicest version sure, is. Right. Um. Like you can go big agendas and then look for kills with stuff like punitive Counter-Strike, perhaps. Yep. Um, by even intentionally leaving an agenda in the bin, also with some shocks. Then they pick it up. They take the damage from the shocks. They paid. You know. But now they can finally afford. They paid either. Net, more net damage or credits to get into that gross archives right and then they finally score something Yep. and then you go ha 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 punitive yeah um there was one game i played oh uh i don't remember if it, i think it was on octagon um i had a future perfect and a fetal ai in the archives he runs on the archives no no it was an napd contract he okay. had exactly four credits he runs on the archives <laughs> takes like one or two points of damage from the shock um steals the napd and now he has no credits left, and it comes time for the side game. I pay zero. He pays zero. He's like, what? Why did you? What? And it was Octagon, so, of course, he was probably being kind of a douche about it. He's like, you know,
1: I didn't have to pay. You know, I could only pay zero, As right? Side note, Nels doesn't like the interactions he's had on Octagon. That's, I've played with some very lovely people on Octagon and some less lovely people.
0: Um so, so, I, so, I, so,
1: here, so, so you gave him four points. I gave him oh, five points. Five points, that's yeah, right.
0: Yeah, two for the NAPD and three, three up. for the future perfect. And he was like, I don't understand why I did that. I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Next turn, is just like, punitive. And of course, I had like 15 credits. You're not He was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> there was a method to the madness. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that can be an interesting IG setup. But the, the, yeah, the trickiest thing I definitely find with industrial genomics is like, how are you scoring points, right? You can get a bunch of money and make your stuff really annoying, to deal with but unless you're aiming to do the double ronin thing which if you're playing against an anarch is no guarantee because nope. they might just be sitting on i've had worse
1: um or imping it or imping yeah, the crap imping out of all everything. your stuff so
0: it's kind of, that that's that's the thing that's the the keystone i haven't quite found with industrial genomics yet is like what is a very strong scoring setup that either lets you score or makes a very real threat of flatline for the runner and i don't know exactly what it is
1: right but i do know that as a runner playing against that it is definitely something the runner's not used to yeah it is super strange it's really weird initially
0: it sounds like a pretty tame ability but it's actually kind of nuts yeah
1: really really crazy um yeah
0: so at a super high level like in general Jinteki does a lot of weird stuff yeah and i i do like i i it really encapsulated that way but i definitely like that idea that you know kind of regardless of what you get for free all your face down cards are a bit scarier than they are that's right with yeah. any other faction yeah especially if because like with you know i mean hb and wayland have a lot of program trashing stuff but
1: until the runner has a rig
0: they can just face check everything and it's not really a big deal sure yeah but and, and Jinteki,
1: it's kind of the opposite yeah <laughs> and Genteki also has i know it's not like the answer but eaters max eater has been wrecking a lot of people and yeah um, but Jinteki can bring the old the old swordsman yep into any of those decks yeah pings for net damage and also get sort of that nasty eater or knights or what yeah. have you AI, AI it actually has answers to AI breakers a little bit yeah a soft answer I guess yeah
0: and and more so than like wrap is good yep but also who doesn't have corroder or lady or <laughs> da- or David or David right yeah yeah yeah. That is that is the worst. Actually, when you're like stupid anarchist, like, this is a wraparound. It's going to ruin your day. Oh
1: yeah, I guess you could just use David. David, on it. yeah. David's like how 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 big is this? You're swinging the swing the yeah. around. How how big is the ice? Oh, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Um, cool. And I do love that you've been a Gentechi hardcore since the very beginning. Since the beginning, Gentechi hipster. I yep. played Gentechi before it was cool. Yeah, yeah, you 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 try to make garbage white tree decks i remember playing it, and i remember actually just ruining it and it was like dude this this id is not gonna work and like, it's gonna work it's gonna work but yeah you just you had the gumps, you just stuck to your guns and, yeah um but on the other side yeah let's, let's go to the big dumb money big company. green yeah big 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 old wayland yep the big green so less so than with jinteki
0: kind of the, the big decision you have to make with wayland is just Am I going to try to kill the runner or not?
1: Right, <laughs> or just or just just win the game, like yeah. classic. Like they they make runs, you stop them, you score. Yes, so it's kind of like the big decision is like: is there going to be a threat of meat damage flatlines here or not? Yeah, now that's what's fascinating about both these ID, like both these IDs and factions. Is that like there's both fear, but I find that Jinteki's like dread. And Whalen is like shock horror. It's right, <laughs> right? It's, like, it's like Wayland is the closet monster, and and Jinteki's like that long slow burn of like, oh, something bad's coming. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everything seems fine. Everything seems fine. Everything seems fine.
1: C- sea source scorch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh. Right.
0: I guess you yeah. Can so do that. and
1: that's cool because that 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 fear can like running. A deck that looks like a scorched, but it isn't a scorched, can totally mess with the runner. Yes. Talk about a tempo hit if the runner has to drop Plast greets for no reason. Yeah. It's just out of the fear that you're going to be. Yeah. Waylanding their apartment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you can definitely, you can also leverage that fear. It's just kind of, it's leveraged in a different way where it's a bit more preparatory. Yeah. Where like the runner thinks,
1: okay, well now now sitting, I'm going through the steps. sitting yeah. on a bunch
0: of money. Okay, now I need to hang back, and build up a bunch of cash, and get my Plast greets
1: online. Yeah, and um, this is a thing for like a newer players. I find um, if you think I just can't beat Wayland. Uh, because they're going to be able to, to beat me. Just remember that that c source they need to beat a trace. Yes, and then they need to have six more after that. Correct. So keep that in mind. So if you if you have an open out, just take eight go. Take eight go. Okay, now I'm in a better position than you because I out you. Yep, and etc. Yeah, I remember because I I got I got to take it out, and I believe it was Scott. Who's a very good player? He mentioned he's like, no, this is this is this is what you do. This is a money fight now, and you can beat me because you have an established opus or something. Yes, I was like, oh, that's great advice. Thanks. Kirk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like the big question is like, are you going to do tag and bag? Yep. Or not? Yeah. Um, and so if you are going to do the tag part of tag and bag, there's kind of a couple different ways to do it. right? Sure.
1: But the, the most obvious, the 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 original suite, the skeleton suite of uh, way back in the day, of course, Wayland was three snares. Three C-source. Yes. And three uh, green light, green level clearance. That was <laughs> basically when right. you throw into a core Wayland. Yeah. You have snares for the lucky tag, probably not really slow down. And then you have this three C-sources, three chances to do that, and a bit of draw acceleration into those key components with mm-hmm. the green level clearance. Yeah.
0: But now it seems like tagging is probably going to come in the form of still SEA source, obviously. Sure.
1: Very potent. Uh,
0: or... I think people have been having quite a bit of success with midseason replacements. Yeah,
1: because midseasons—if you got the money, man—they're gonna be tagged for days. Yeah,
0: and so while with SEA source, like if the runner can dodge that one tag either with a DK decoy or um, maybe in, in New Angeles City Hall. Yep. Or they just happen to have—I've had worse in their hand. <laughs> yeah. Then
1: you kind of lost your window. Yep. But with midseason, they're just—they're tagged now. They're
0: tagged for all
1: time. Yep. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And 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 then Wayland has a lot of other cool things that well not a lot but it's got like a dedicated response team, mm-hmm. which is another way of just like pounding like tag punishing.
0: Yeah, and now in also it fell out of order in chaos, traffic accident.
1: That's right. Yeah, if they got two tags, you got a zero cost two meat damage. Yep. one action move. That's pretty amazing.
0: And if you're going for if you're playing against an anarch especially, you definitely want to drop. The traffic accident before the
1: SCA source. Yeah. They have five cards. Yeah, right? you're, you want you want to be getting rid of those. Uh, yeah, you get get worse. rid of
0: fewer cards and then drop the big one at the right. end. Because if, Could,
1: only, if only I only have three cards and they're all I've had worse yep. and you s- scorched earth me. I'm just dead. Yep, game
0: over. And you were also the saddest person. Yeah. <laughs> you actually you
1: actually didn't have worse. Yes. <laughs> no, the worst has been had right now by like, you. And I do love, like, this feels like Wayland is like the action movie of Netrunner, right? It's right. like the corporation's <laughs> blowing up cars and making things crash, and it's like, oh, my God. It's yeah. like, yeah.
0: So inside of that, if
1: you are going the the tag-and-bag potential murder route. Which, which, if you're playing against good players, is really hard it's, yes like good players are really smart yeah. they, they, they they're well runners they're crafty like, yeah it's, it's tough to to drive a car into them or or or, <laughs> or, or 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 whatever you're trying to do yeah i mean but i think part of it is that like a lot like the
0: thread of, you know net name engine the idea is they still have to deal with that they have to slow down just not play as quickly or as aggressively as they want and then you capitalize on that right um, but if you are doing that, what 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 are the IDs that, that
1: synergize nice with that tag and bag strategy? Well, the thing that's the thing with Wayland, it's pretty flexible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of, you you have a couple options. You can go with the classic core, which gives you a little bit more money on your transactions. Yep. Or you can also go Blue Sun Blue Sun Kill, which is another way you can do it because you're getting crazy bursts of money. Yeah. And you can use that money to mid seasons the hell. To, yep. To win that Sea Scorch and to, to to win that Sea story and then hit hit him with a Scorch. Um, and what do we get any new ones from that kind of fit into that um, like Argus but not really Yeah, Argus of of, of the three new Wayland IDs, Argus right. is definitely Argus is the cool.
0: most tag and bag, tag and baggable one, yeah. right? Cuz the runner is always making it making decisions slowing down. Yep, they're either taking tags. So if you can basically with Argus if you can find a way to get more tags on the runner than they have clicks left, and then they're in a bad place, right? Right. Um, so, the interesting thing I think about. So it's often everyone. It seems like some people think that like a oh, blue sun has completely replaced the the core Wayland idea. Yeah, I've 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 heard that. Um, and the thing about Blue Sun is that it is good, it is strong, but it is also. And I I, I like the way that Brody pointed this out. Is that Blue Sun is fundamentally like, a little bit tempo capped with the way their ability works, right? Right. Because you are – all so you can just pick a card up for free, but you have to spend a click to put Put that card down and then to put it back so it's actually useful doing its own work. So it's kind of like the corporation could spend a click once per turn to get a crap load of money, kind of, right? Right. Because, like, you oversight a curtain wall – I mean if you barfed it out on some remote server, okay, maybe you don't need to put it back down there, but you probably want to put it back down somewhere else. Like it just sitting in your, in your HQ isn't doing you any good. Like right. you got all that money, but now you're going to spend a click to put down the card that then lets you make that money. So Blue Sun can be quite a bit slow, especially if you're forcing them to like keep picking up their ice. Right, yeah. And because that that slowness is there, uh, you know sometimes the runner can capitalize on it where they can just sit back build up a crap load of money or get their plascrates out and then their you know the the corporation's ability to to do the crazy tag and bag stuff is less potent yeah um, versus like uh, a core or even Grendel setup where you can be scoring really really aggressively yeah and still keeping your stuff safe and so the runner once again, like once the corporation is on five points, the runner is in a bad way because either they have to make a run to keep the corporation from scoring at seventh point and open themselves up to an SEA source. Yep. Or they let them score and then the game's over. Yeah.
1: And, 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 and Grendel's Grendel's interesting because it's a, it's 45, 10. Yeah. Which, which I think hurts it a little bit more than it needed to be hurt. Probably. In, in, in my opinion, I, I, I like, I, I really, really wanted to play it, but it starts with a little bit more, like well, a lot more money. No mm-hmm. double the money. Yeah. Plus one bad pub and so yeah that, that can put you in a, in a better position to score that like play mean early right right yeah yeah um so i
0: think that's kind of that's that's kind of the quote-unquote super modernism setup yeah um which as a name i dislike less now that i realize that's a name of an architectural style right I, yeah <laughs> although I, I still think it's kind of goofy
1: every, everybody thought nelson was really down on architecture but i but i but, but i love not. architecture he loves he loves architecture i do yeah. it's, it's my favorite of many things
0: um but yeah, that's the idea. With like, so super modernism isn't just about tagging bag; it's about tagging bag, but also the threat of winning. Just- the, yeah, the runner needing to react to what the corporation is doing, while yep. Blue Sun is often just like, "I'm gonna sit back over on the moon. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a million credits and then do something crazy with them, which can be very potent, but can also be played around by the runner, and also by the runner just getting like goofy David." crazy <laughs> bullshit right like yep. there's stuff that like no matter how much money you have the runner can probably circumvent it somehow with enough time and the right setup
1: yeah
0: and that is i think where something like super modernism those types of decks can be really potent is they force the runner to do stuff kind of before they're ready. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, they, 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 and that's they, where it can be the most vicious.
1: Yeah. I, I I remember I wanted to run aggressively against blue sun and it's, and sometimes I can get outplayed just because they'll be like, okay, he needs, he needs to run. He needs to start making runs now. So he'll bait out, you know, Something in a in a in a remote, right? Or 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 he'll establish it himself more because yeah. blue blue sun runs really ice light. I have found which 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 is what fascinates me with with the ID so much. Right, is a lot of times you're you're only really there's only three or four pieces of ice on the board yeah. when the game's like over. Yeah, it's like it's like fascinating to me. Yeah,
0: and often um, blue sun has big agendas. Yep. Like, including they might even do the crazy only six agendas setup, where one of those agendas is government takeover, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And if they have government takeover, okay, well, now punitive Counter-Strike is is something they can leverage with all that freaking money. Yeah. But that kind of means that if they ever just put a single card face down on a remote, you probably don't actually have to worry about it very much. That's (laughs) that's right. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, maybe they'll score a Project Atlas off the board and get two points. But that sucks. Sure. But an Atlas without a counter on it, that's eh, two points. You can give it up. It's not the worst.
1: That's right, yeah. Um Yeah, and again again speaking of Atlas, like Wayland is the tutor uh faction, more, yeah. or, more or less, right? Yeah. It's got
0: they have they have very strong tutors that are hard to use, but when they use them, they are they crazy. They just They powerful. just win games. Yeah.
1: They, the tokens on Atlas uh are treated like an instant, so to speak. You just use it whenever you want. Yes. So load your hand up with snares when the guy makes a leg work or something. Yep. Or or do other crazy crap. Yep. Grab grab the uh, scorch that you, that he imped out of your hand early and yeah. Bring it back.
0: Yeah. Bring it back with Jackson and then grab it with Atlas and oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even though not many people run it, aggressive negotiation yep. is kind of an even better tutor. It's just that the window to use it is really really small. Right. it's The the turn you scored an agenda. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I need to either hustle needed to be on the board or something like that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so wait, so Whalen knows how to go get it, go get its toys for sure. When it need
0: if, if it can get, get them, you're probably in all kinds of trouble.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure someone, and people listening have, 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 been in that position where they score that, that two advanced Atlas. Mm-hmm. that two, it that the the two token atlas yeah it's just like oh You're man like, oh no even oh, e- no. even if it's like oh i'm at five points for okay gotta go grab that hostel put it down next turn are you gonna score it my hostel because if not uh the game's just mine yeah right well <laughs> that could be that could be the
0: craziest thing where it's like hostile takeover being a two for one yeah it can just be grabbed with an atlas scored immediately and then just ugh. yeah um so, and that's part of the reason why. So uh, the other, another new idea that showed up in Order and Chaos is Titan Transnational, right. which with Project, I mean, obviously we talked about this with Quinn's a ton, right? But it definitely fits into that kind of super modernism esque like rush type archetype where it's like you need to be able to, you need to keep me off my agendas because if not, that's a Project Atlas with a token on it. I'm just going to use that to go grab another Project Atlas, yeah. And I'm going to keep doing that until I've got three of those. Then I will use that last token to grab a snare. Uh, not a snare. Hostile uh, takeover and seven points game over.
1: Yeah. It's like uh, they, they, they got their own very own script with that ID. Yeah. Kind of sort of. Kind of sort
0: of. Um, or the, in, that's also one of the cases where you can get super cute and be like, the first one is atlas because you have to reveal what you're what you're grabbing with project that's right right? so you score the first atlas you say i'm gonna use this to grab another project atlas show it to them put it in your hq install something else from hq let them run on it oh Uh, surprise surprise it's actually a snare yeah
1: (laughs) yeah a lot of a lot of a lot of cute plays for sure by using all these like force reveals i I remember in some tournaments if i I knew i had to win so hard i would uh it i would reveal the card and just put it straight down right don't put it in hq HQ, just put it straight down (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite um, so yeah, I
0: think both the core, the core identity, yep. Titan Transnational and Blue Sun all have all and, can and, fit. and Grendel. Yeah. Yeah. all can fit pretty well into that which what's interesting about tag and bag thing yeah, depending is, if you're trying to do the more super modernism like threatening version or just the blue sun get infinite money and then and leverage it version bury the runner in it yeah. yeah
1: and that's what's fascinating about these two IDs is like the the idea of their gameplay style can fit across all the IDs whereas Gentechi, it's like the idea is kind of centric to what you're doing yeah, yeah so so, so that, that that's another interesting thing that new, new players might want to know it's like do you want to be to kind of show your hand and be sneaky and dreadful, then you play Jinteki. You want right. like a bit more flexibility in what IDs you're playing. Then you're gonna be Wayland. because hey, money is the universal language, right? And it's right. gonna be going in every ID.
0: Yeah, um, and so if you're not going the tag and bag route. Yep, if you're yep. playing, what, what some people call do we
1: do? vegan, v- vegan, which that's I like, right. I love It's, it's I love no, it. it's no kill. It's no, no, because there's no meat damage. Yeah, that's oh perfect. no meat. That's what. it oh, is. I just thought it was
0: no killing.
1: Well, I, I guess it both works. Yeah, both works. It's yep. both
0: works on so many, so many levels, so many levels. So, um, ve-
1: so what's what's a what's a vegan Wayland?
0: Yes. Yeah. So it seems like the idea with that is similarly to still leverage what Wayland is good at: lots of strong ice, lots of strong econ. Yep, and then just kind of. Just the runner by playing normal net
1: runner. (laughs) Yeah, no, it just wins. It's like super vanilla. Yeah, I like it. But vanilla bean.
0: But it's also, but it also has the implied threat of still being a tag and bag deck, even though it's not. Yeah, which can can be really out of
1: its ass, basically. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: what people think. So you can be like, okay, well, you can you know kind of uh, make use of the fear to just set up good scoring opportunities and just keep scoring even though the runner thinks they might be able to thinks that they have to sit back, get money, get class So they can't make runs. And by the time they, they're finally set up, you're in a position to just win in like two turns later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so blue sun is definitely good for that. Oh yeah. Just because they can make so much money. You can also leverage stuff like Eliza's toy box or anything else that lets you res ice for free and then use that to pick up and keep getting more money. Yep. Um, uh, Corwayland, is okay at it as well, just because there's synergy with those transactions and they kind of want to go a little bit faster. Um, Gagarin deep space is actually very good for this too. For sure. Yeah. Just because all of those remotes are taxing. So you can just kind of do a sort of similar thing where you kind of force the runner to really play the game before they're really ready, but less so because they're worried about meat damage. Although that still might be the case in Gagarin. But more like economically, they're not ready. So it's like, oh, God, okay, I guess I got to go blow up that pad campaign. Ugh, that cost me six credits. So now the runner's six credits down. And here's my window. You're getting more, you're putting more advancement tokens on your crazy cosmic ice. And you're just kind of forcing them, again, to act before they're really ready. But it's just economically instead of like threat of flatline protection setup
1: yeah and 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 wayland like wayland is known for its barriers right we open like corset it's hadrian's wall like, that's, yeah that's a big ugly stopper like it just stops and they only got better so they're in a very good position to just oh the run is over yeah and you're out of money yeah to so, just, play <laughs> just play netrunner just play netrunner just it just wins so. yeah
0: and leverage stuff like you know corporate troubleshooter yeah or ash or whatever where it's
1: like I I finally made it through your curtain wall, Hadrian wall crap, and I hit an ash, and I just... And you're just like, oh, oh, god damn it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah, economic advantage is definitely the thing that the the vegan side leverages a ton, but also, like we said, that implied um, flatline threat that actually isn't there, but the runner doesn't know that. That's right, yeah. Um, And then uh, similar to the Jinteki power shutdown version, I think there's also a good... Uh, setup, and this is kind of uncorrodable, is what some folks call it online. Where the idea is that you just use, it, again, it, it's a vegan, usually a vegan setup, but it still has yeah, some teeth. You're, yeah, it's, it's got, got teeth. Teeth are just different. We're yep. using stuff like power shutdown, but also archers, archers and grims, Grimson. lichens, yep. all that stuff to just make sure the runner doesn't have a freaking corroder and so they can't get past your <laughs> yeah. strong wayland barriers
1: yeah which which i find pretty awesome because like when you realize you can't get through barriers all of a sudden wayland's like the un- most unbeatable yeah
0: <laughs> they just it's just it is just now the great wall
1: of china except it goes up to the sky <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all, all of a sudden like all your ice walls like Ice walls come back, and I found that uh, Wayland being an Im- like very good at investing, you can actually use stuff like commercial commercialization on yeah. that. I've I've seen games where ice walls have four or five or six tokens on them. Man. That's a that's a that's almost a firewall with it with one token on. Right, it. <laughs> and you can actually make that money back, that investment back later on if the game tends to go a little bit late. If you haven't like used your Early setup.
0: Yeah. And that, I think that's part of the reason why that uncorrodable setup is really nice in Grendel is because you get that early first boost. And again, yeah. you're forcing the runner to act before they're really ready. So they, they may, okay, they're like, oh crap, okay, well, he's got like, you know, a firewall out. Okay, time to put down Corroder. And then they make a run. You're like, cool, uh, power shutdown for two. Yeah. Or, okay, cool, now I'm resing that Grim. Yep. And then because you've got the, like, that initial boost with the extra Grendel cash and you can just restructure turn one yeah you can just make that so much faster talk and- about a
1: huge play is the grendel turn one yes and then like <laughs> install install it's like i don't want to run on that what, yeah. what is that like janice yeah know? yeah it's, it's uh it's cool yeah that 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 threat when the guy's sitting on 20 and he has like he has like 20 credits and three face down pieces of ice yeah <laughs> just like uh like what a, what that's that's really quite quite uh quite a cool thing to have as a corp
0: yeah so I don't know those are kind of like those are kind of the big archetypes inside of Genteki and Wayland.
1: Yeah, I I think it'd be a little bit uh I think Gregarin is a is a little bit the more interesting uh well sorry not the more interesting but another kind of way of playing Wayland and it's yeah. it's it, it is like winning classic Netrunner, but it's a weird uh, horizontal game Sometimes yeah. uh, you can play a little bit of both, but it's 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 really a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: and it seems like with Gagarin, like either you want to barf out a ton of
1: asset remotes, yep.
0: or you want to barf a ton of upgrades, upgrades into in the one, same server because that one credit is per. it's per card you're accessing in a remote server. It's not per accessing a remote server. So, two upgrades in agenda, or two upgrades in an asset. Yeah, three credits.
1: And how about how about that critical classic pad campaign in Garrett? Oh man. One it's, to access and four to trash. Yeah. No Qu- thanks. Quinn's
0: talked about this a ton when we talked about him in Order and Chaos. But that's right. Oh yeah. We both played against that deck at GDC. <laughs> yeah. And the, the two ashes in the same remote. Uh, not cool. Not cool,
1: goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Quinn's won that one. Yeah. Good job. Good 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 job, Quinn's.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Aw. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think I I didn't really realize this until we actually sat down to talk about this, but I think it is super interesting where, despite Jinteki like being kind of sneaky and tricky, you actually have a bit more information kind of when you sit down across the table from them, yeah, versus <laughs> sitting down against Wayland where it's like I know you're gonna have a ton of cash. And, and I, and I, I know Neruda runs on cash. What <laughs> else you're going to be doing? Yeah,
1: that's that, that's interesting. You think that um, Wayland being so obtuse or like obvious? Yeah, you would think that like you would have a little more information, but you definitely don't. Yeah. that's why it's always good to put York know, Katana's in all your Wayland decks. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse,
0: that that piece of accent, that piece of advice, just works no matter no matter what the context no matter it? what the context i i actually do it
1: i mean if, if i'm talking about another game like you want you, you want, do you want do you want some new bloodborne tips just grab that neural katana that's right. <laughs> uh, did you uh, do you mean the trick cane no no no, 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 no. The, the neural katana the, the one from that one. <laughs> that's the one you need to be using
0: um cool all right well let's do a little bit of reader mail then we have exciting
1: announcements cool
0: that sounds great um, but our, uh, this was a little while back, but I thought it was a really good question. Um, so, uh, Fernanda Rojas asked, I just got Netrunner for Christmas. Hooray. Yeah, this was a while ago. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and I've been instantly hooked. Uh, deck building has been fun, but challenging. So your new series on common archetypes is perfect timing, but I do have one area I'd like touched on, which is ice density in archetypes. How much ice is too much or not enough? And is it important to keep a mix of all three types versus loading up on sentries, those sorts of things? I feel like it's an important lesson, almost like how much land and magic, and yet it's not a thing newbie guides really address. So that is actually that, a very good. Question. That's a great question. Yeah. Um. So this is kind of one area I think where Jinteki and Wayland uh, differ a lot, right? Yeah, definitely. Because J- with Jinteki can run pretty light. Yeah. So with Jinteki, like you can, because all of your cards are scary when accessed. Uh, well, hypothetically, you have plenty yeah. of cards that are scary when accessed. You can kind of get away with giving up accesses, and it's not a big deal. Right. Um, so, like, you know, 12, 13, 14, that's probably on the high side. Yeah, for, for sure. what I, I a lot high. of... Uh, RP runs a bit bigger because you want to have, like, those nasty centrals. The, yeah, you, you want to run deep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but most of the... Especially the more damage-focused ones, like, you can run a bit lighter... And still be just fine just because so much of your other stuff is threatening and bad anyway, right? Like, you can easily win games where you never res a single piece of ice. Yeah, And there aren't many other factions that can say that. No. <laughs> um, Wayland, on the other hand, all of their stuff is scary, but it's all scary stuff that happens on the corporation's turn. Yes. Right? Like, SEA Source, Sea Source, that's the same thing, Scorched Earth, Traffic Accident, Mid-Season, it's all stuff
1: the corporation does. So 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 the runner feels, like, a little bit okay on his turn.
0: Right. So you kind of want to keep the runner from accessing stuff. Until you have those pieces you need. And
1: you want to kind of compound ice so your servers are better. Yeah. Like, stronger. Yeah. Better and meaner.
0: Like, often when Wayland gives it up is either when they get behind on the money race or... Or just when the runner is able to get a bunch of accesses before Wayland has got the tools it needs yep. to do its blowing up your house business. Yeah.
1: And plus, even if you're going, um, it, I know we're just covering Wayland and Jinteki, but with HVU and Next, you want a pile of ice because you want that sweet opening hand. You want yeah. that early aggression. You want, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So it's definitely, it's, I would say,
0: leaving aside <laughs> Jinteki or someone else who runs really ice light um. Most decks are probably between 17 and
1: 19 pieces of ice. Yes, yeah. that's, that's like a good baseline. Now, what? Now, like. what about the spread on Codegate Sentry Barrier? Yeah, that is. It just again, it depends
0: on what you've got and what you want the stuff to do. Right. Like Wayland doesn't have a ton of really mean sentries. Mm,
1: um, no, it's got, it's got Archer, which is good, but the rest are kind of. It's got yeah. Archer.
0: That's definitely one of the most vicious. Checkpoint. Oh wait. Um, Checkpoint. Checkpoint's at Codegate. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um. <laughs> So a, a lot of their other sentries are like utility sentries. Right. right. So Changeling, it's like Changeling's really good, but it just ends the run. What's the one with all the hands? Air, Builder. Aaron, no, Aaron Boy. Aaron. Oh, Aaron Boy, yes. Aaron thank you. Boy, yeah. that's the sentry. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of, yeah. yeah. So that's good, but that's like a utility thing. It's yeah. taxing to break, but all it does is just give you more cards or more money, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, So with, with something like... Wayland, you probably want to skew more toward the barriers because they've got really good barriers. Right. And then just support from the code gates and sentries when you need them. Yeah. Most of the other fact, and with Jinteki, it's kind of the opposite. They've got lots of, they've got actually a bunch of crazy good strong code gates and their sentries are all really scary.
1: Yeah, but they're low strength. But they're generally pretty low strength. Except the Mamba that comes in the night. (laughs) That's that's four. Yeah.
0: huge. And Susanoo no Mikoto. That's,
1: what, six? No. Seven. Seven. Oh, what a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um. And then from, for HB and Wayland, it's usually like you just kind of want a decent spread. Yeah, and you also want to make sure you, someone can't like silver bullet you. Like, make if it, so, Yes. Like, so, so, some people back when Yogg was the hotness, they just run three quandaries. And that's all they had for Koga Gates. Right. That was just a meta call. Yeah. Because it's then, like, because it's like I, oh, I, good. I played I, a Yogg. I, I
0: want the cheapest thing possible to end the run. And then as soon as Yogg shows up, it's only I can just not play
1: those other two quandaries. And that's it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, it's a little bit tough. It's going to be taking a lot of play. But really, it's like I found myself. I used to think about what I'm putting in Colgate Barrier Central wise. Then I just thought about what does my deck do? Exactly. Let's just put the ice that does that. Yeah. If there's not a CoGate in it, then there's not a CoGate in it. That's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it's probably good to have like at least a handful of every type. Sure. Even if it's just literally. Three quandary. Yeah, three quandry three yeah, Or it's like my barriers are going to be three paper walls. There you go. So as soon as you finally get out of Corroder, it's not going to do anything anymore. Yeah. Totally legit. Yep. Yeah, it's just thinking about like what you really want your setup to do. Yeah. Really? Um, then- and and also looking at what's the res cost of all that ice? Yeah. And then Can what's, you afford what's it all? all its very strength cuz like it's easy to be like oh this ice is really good and this ice is really good and then you look at your deck and you realize that not a single one of your pieces of ice costs less than
1: five credits to res. Yeah, that's why the ice and is then so good. You're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> also, always put in three pop-up windows. That's always some good advice. that's always some good advice. <laughs> and three narrow katanas. Yeah, three narrow katanas. Three pop-up windows. You got a pretty good. That's going that's on.
0: ninety your influence used already. <laughs> so just figure out the rest. You'll be fine. Um, I had another good couple of questions. Great from William Cross, and then a follow-up from Pavo Pondorf. Oh, boy. Oh, I said that right. Um, William Cross says, you think the new cloud icebreakers will see m- some more competitive decks centered around them. What about some one-link runners? And then mm. Pavo followed up with, how about this? Uh, adding to this, how important is link for your deck building strategies? Anyway, I don't see runners caring about it. Um, I would say generally that's true. Sure.
1: Unless we're talking about like uh, Underworld Contacts folding yes. Andy or something, so, which, which, is, which is, if anyone's tried that out, is a huge. Yes. It's crazy.
0: So the the funny thing that synergizes very nicely in terms of cloud icebreakers is exactly that Drip Econ setup from both Underworld Contacts, Yep, contact
1: singular, and data, data folding because you're gonna have free mu because it's all cloudy. Yes. And you're gonna have the link for that underworld contact to call you on yeah. your cell phone or something. So yeah,
0: data folding triggers as long as you have two unused mu and underworld contact fires as long as you have one link. As long as you have two link. Yeah. So if you're playing, I mean, it, it's hard to make a case for playing underworld <laughs> contact with a zero base link runner. So yeah, you're probably really good, yeah. so you're probably gonna be starting with one. So you really only need one more. Um. So when you get into that setup. The, the cloud icebreakers are actually
1: great. Yep. Um, Well, not so crazy. Creeper's uh, not the well, Creeper's not the hottest.
0: <laughs> it's not. It's it, it's it, the breaking subroutines that's the bad part of Creeper. Yeah. On the baseline, it's kind of expensive to install. Otherwise, it's not that bad. I guess, yeah, sure. You put it on a dinosaur, okay. it could be worse. Okay. <laughs> but then the cloud part of it doesn't really matter anyway. <laughs> Maybe a personal touch it a lot. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> Creeper's... It's okay. I've already won the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, so 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 but I do like like I think also the amount of programs that are coming out are crazy and exciting and cool. So yeah. anything that's gonna be freeing up memory to have you more tricks out is gonna be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um like there's a there's a deck I've been playing
0: recently that actually uses Kate and the supplier. Cool. Um, oh
1: yeah, supplier Kate. Yeah, oh. with data folding and otherworld contact. So sorry, Kate doesn't fire off a supplier, does she? Oh yeah. Oh she does? Oh yeah. she has three off? Yeah. Buyers, off the supplier oh, yeah.
0: so Dyson memberships are free oh, An r&d my. interface costs one credit
1: by golly yeah it's really good cool. <laughs> do you you're you, 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 sorry do you run two offices, two, two supplier or three just three supplier okay okay yeah, yeah. Uh you have enough draw It's fine yeah, it's okay fine. that's cool um but in in
0: that in that uh in that setup you if you, you i have a link too oh that's i good. have a link and the, the the decoder is zoo yep because without without if zoo wasn't a cloud breaker uh, when my rig was totally maxed out, I wouldn't have enough memory to keep triggering the data foldings. Yeah, which is
1: what you want. You want that free three exactly. credit. So support. I think
0: especially in... If, if you're if you're doing something that synergizes off of Link and currently, basically, Underworld Contact is the only thing that does. Yeah. But I would be stoked to see more stuff that's like yeah synergizes off of Link. And I think that would inform people in their deck building a lot more. But at least right now, it's like, there isn't that much Tracing Ice that's really bad. Things like... You save a credit or two trying to respond to a SEA source or a midseason replacement. That's it's not going to save not the you the thing. game. Yeah,
1: because I love the idea of Link. It's like your it's like your own personal infrastructure, right? It's like yeah. you know how how you how elusive you are in in, in the world of netrunner. Exactly, and it's and it's 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 interesting. So it'll be hopefully it'll be coming up. Much more things will be coming involving yeah. Link. Yeah. So right now it's like if, a, a, if, a runner with a blank text box and two Link. Boom. Huh. How crazy a, would that be? That'd be interesting. He should have something in his box. Yeah. Something. Only Jesse can play him, or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, if if all they did was have two Link, I I would say probably only Jesse would play. Bad yes. <laughs> <laughs> touche. Um, but yeah, I think Link by itself is just probably not impactful enough in enough games to be a big focus. Right. But if there's other stuff your Link is getting you, oh, oh my yeah. God, maybe there could be like weird icebreaker whose strength goes up. As your link goes up,
1: that'd be cool. How cool would that be? That'd be sweet. Nice. Maybe a nice little scrappy AI breaker. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I could be interesting. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, at least right now, it's like if you have other stuff that synergizes off of Link, it's definitely a good thing to consider. And there's lots of nice synergistic ways to get it. But by itself, it's just kind of a bonus.
1: Yep. It's just yeah. It's and it's like watery gravy. It's not even gravy. It's yeah. like, Yeah. It's
0: like that weird, gross diner gravy. Yeah. It's not the good hearty stuff. It's like the this
1: very clearly came out of an old oxo. tin can. Old, yeah. Old oxo.
0: Um, okay. So
1: setting announcements. All right. What do we got else? We're selling, we, we sold out. We sold out. Yes. We right are, we are selling out. We're actually on, we're actually on a beach right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: if only that were true. Um, actually I don't really like the beach. Me neither. Adam. Uh, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> that explains a lot <laughs> about what we like and what we do. Um, we are selling out to you fine listeners. Um, because, uh, so we don't mention this very much. At all? No. Ever? <laughs> but we're, we're, we're kind of bad at that. But. Technically, we're part of a podcast network. A great um, podcast. A, an excellent podcast. One network. of the best. Yeah. I the think. the Idle Thumbs podcast network. Obviously, yeah. the kind of the the original intent poll show. Yep. Is called Idle Thumbs. It's about yeah. video games. It's really good. And we got um, uh, and we got on top of that, we have a great book
1: one. What's the book one?
0: Oh, the book club doesn't exist anymore.
1: Okay. <laughs> it was good. We, we we got a great board game one called Three Moves Ahead.
0: Uh, and strategy games and strategy games so strategy
1: games of all stripes digital and analog cool we also have three moves ahead is great Dota Today Dota
0: Today which is uh, was initially kind of sort of like um, our cast, but for Dota, but now is kind of turning into more of like an interview show with people in the Dota scene.
1: Yeah, because the Dota scene is so big. Yeah. I play um, I play a lot of Dota.
0: I don't know who any of those people are. I probably, but the interviews are always interesting, but it's like, it's like Owie 2000 or whatever. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, well, dude, he's, he's an 80, and he got to Yeah, I, I guess that guy lives here. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess some guy that plays Dota. <laughs> I still listen to him, of course. I, so if you actually play Dota, I'm sure... Dota Today has a lot more um, context. Uh, there's also Soren Johnson, who is the lead designer of Civ Four. Oh, right. And is yeah. now working on Off World Trading Company, which is an oh, awesome yeah. economic opportunity. Good RTS. job, Soren. Wow. Um, he has a design, like a game design interview show called Designer Notes, which is also fantastic. Um, and the, Nels is a really
1: good designer, so that's saying something. Yeah. The, huh? the first episode was with Rob Pardo. who was wow. at Blizzard for a yeah. million years. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was
0: fat. And like, Rob doesn't I haven't read like many interviews or anything cool. with him, and it was like this like two and a half hour long talk with Sorey. was fascinating. Wicked. Um and that was just the first one. There's been a ton more. Um, that stuff is all really great. And then finally, there is Twin Peaks rewatch. Yeah, which, which uh, I love Twin Peaks. To my coworkers at Campesento and Idle Thumbs, folks. That's right, uh, Jake Rodkin and Chris Remo talk about rewatching Twin one, Peaks. Of, one of the
1: coolest show or late eighties, right
0: uh late uh 89 and 90 yeah 89 90 yeah yep. so. so i'd never seen twin peaks sweet ever but That's, since, I'm, they, since I'm, they i'm excited for yeah. you yeah <laughs> so i hadn't but they started up twin peaks rewatch and so i'd since watched the entire show and i liked it way more than i thought i was going right to. for sure for so sure. if you've never seen twin peaks and are just looking for a rad show to watch it actually holds up really well oh yeah um the back third is pretty rough <laughs> uh but it's definitely worth it. And then Twin Peaks rewatch makes a fantastic companion. Yeah. Um, and so the reason why we're talking about this whole podcast is network be, is because we
1: don't usually talk about is it because we
0: don't usually talk about and, it and because we're selling out. That's right. Um. So what we've recently done across all of the shows, aside from idle thumbs, so idle thumbs has its own separate like ad based sponsorship. But for all the other shows, what we're doing is we're kind of giving folks who want to We don't really want to do like a donations thing because it's like we don't want people to have to feel like they need to pay a couple bucks to enjoy the show right like if you want to enjoy the show you should just enjoy the show right um but if there's some if if you want to support the show and then also let us provide you with something we've recently we've just launched the ability to get to um, purchase on-air messages for either a particular show or just across all the shows right um so it's like it can be personal messages so it's like you want to wish a friend a happy birthday or you're talking about like starting up a new netrunner community in your town or whatever um you can totally do that uh and then there's also those ones are are cheaper and then if you want to do actually commercial messages like i have this this thing to sell yeah it basically if you're going to make money off of this uh changes stuff we can do that also that's totally allowable it just costs a little bit more because obviously you're making money and thus can probably afford to spend a little bit more money. That's right. Um, and of course, like, this isn't, I, I mean, who, this is just kind of a weird experiment we're doing across the entire yeah, yeah, network. Yeah, we're not like,
1: okay, I've me and Elza have quit our jobs. Like, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> no. It, it isn't like that at all. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. Um,
0: this show does not and likely never will actually make money. Yeah. Uh, but there are some costs, like, we've hosted, like, uh, over a year of download servicing which is yeah. n- not expensive but not free we're um, barely functioning alcoholics that <laughs> that requires something <laughs> um so yeah so if you kind of want to support the show but also have something cool that you'd like to get out there um you just go to idle th- uh, net or is it dot slash store so mm. one I, or the I, other. I, I think it's. I slash think store. you can find it, and also yeah. we posted on. The and we posted on our so link. Um, of course, this is like Jesse and I still have complete and utter editorial control over yeah. the show. We're not going to read a message for a thing that we don't think is interesting or appropriate. Um, if that's the case, of course, like your money will be refunded. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We're not going to. We're not taking the money and refusing to give it back. That's right. Um. Yeah. And then of course, we'll, so we'll. Just, we don't think this
1: will change. Anything, anything at all at it's just
0: kind of like a cool thing that will maybe let some folks who want to support the show a bit more intensely do so but still also get something from it sure. instead of just like and if you just want to enjoy the show all you got to do is just keep enjoying keep doing what show. you're doing guys you're um, doing great yeah and if you have any questions about that system or just feedback for it for us or whatever you can just email us at terminal7 at idle and of course we'll happily try to explain anything whatever yeah. um yeah, just kind of a weird experiment. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe my mom will be the only person that ever uh, buys a message, <laughs> and that will be it. <laughs> um, and then on the other side of things, if you want to come, we, um, uh, in February hosted yep. a tournament here in downtown Vancouver yep. at a restaurant and pub called Subies. That's right, and it was awesome. It was so great. Baron Netrunner is the best. It is, and so we're gonna do it again. Yep. Uh, Subies was actually really fucking stoked to have us there yeah because <laughs> that because surprise surprise restaurant and pub not super busy at 10 30 in the morning <laughs>
1: no who'd have thought i thought who'd we'd be thought? rubbing elbows with yeah. the pub crowd um so we're doing this
0: again it's going to be on april saturday april the 18th um at subies it's just in downtown Cooper you can just look it up s-u-b-e-e-z uh registration will begin at 10 30 in the morning and the first round starts at 11 and the rounds will be going on all day all day Yep, we'll go probably from about like 10:30 to 5 or so.
1: I meant beer rounds, but yeah. Oh,
0: that too. That yes, correct. you <laughs> <We> don't start <laughs> um, at 10:30. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> uh entry is just 5 bucks um and we were actually able to get a full on official Price netrunner kit? prize kit. How in, do we, how do we get that one? Uh our good friends at, at a game store here in town this called r- Strategies. Strategies. That's right. It's on Main Street. It's actually if you're in Vancouver, it's 3878 Main Street. It's basically Main Street and King Ed. It's like one half a block north. Um, they're awesome. It's a great game store. They have a humongous selection of stuff, and yeah. they're all extremely nice people. Yeah, really, really helpful. And they totally did not at all have to help us get this prize support, but no. just like, and they're not aside from, you know us being like oh my god you guys are the best they're not getting anything out of it no so they just did us a huge solid and it's really awesome yeah. so if you're in vancouver or having to be visiting or whatever definitely go check it out the place is great and the people are incredibly kind um but yeah we got a, we got a full-on proper prize kit and of course still some rad other prizes that trickled in that's from right a, all, from all generous very kind generous generous listeners um so it's going to be the last event was awesome um and i suspect this one is going to be even more awesome yep so uh Hopefully we will see folks there.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. And that's
0: about it. This was uh maybe a bit longer than
1: that's I was a, expecting. But so. but you know, it's it's returned to form. we We've had a lot of great guests. That's now great. we're going back to the original yeah. cast. That's right. Right right when we sell out, we gotta go back to That's right. <laughs> that's,
0: <laughs> right. that's why that's why you're here with us to listen to me and Jesse prattle on for way too long about nothing. That's right. Uh but yeah, um we have the next couple casts are gonna be pretty darn cool. Yeah, we, we're really excited about those. We've got, really a, we've got those. a really awesome guest coming up. And also, The Valley's coming up very soon. Yeah. So depending on which of each of those things hits respectively, we'll see which one will be first. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But they're both going to be awesome. Yep. Um, and so until then, if you again, if you have any questions about, like, the on-air messages or just general stuff, you can always email us at Terminal7 at IdleThumbs.net or just hit us up on Twitter at Term7. Um, as always, if you do like the show, the main way people discover this is either word of mouth. So if you have some friends that like Netrunner, Tell them about the show, please. <laughs> and uh, r- uh, most of the other discovery comes from iTunes, and iTunes discovery mechanisms are uh, obviously notoriously not very good. Um, so if you give us a rating or a review, it makes. This way easier to find it's for people. It's a lot people. more visible. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of weird, and it's always, always lame feels asking. a little bit lame to be like rattling the tin cup and being like, <laughs> "Please, uh, can you spare
1: some stars?" Well, well since we sell out, it's actually a golden crusted chalice. That's true. We're rattling around. <laughs> um, but yeah, so
0: on iTunes, those stuff that stuff helps us immensely. Um, and once again, uh, thank you very much to our friend mr kevin regamy that's right of uh, power up audio yeah the 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 go-to indie audio team yeah I they think. they've done amazing work for games
1: like towerfall darkest dungeon darkest dungeon which is
2: awesome yeah,
1: starcrawler coming out trip to the necrodancer who quinn's just did an amazing review on on rock paper shotgun that's right A that deep dive on to actually just like some specific mechanics it was really good that actually i'm i'm telling you this the devs in the, in the skype because I've did I worked on Necrodancer yeah. as well. The dev said that was the most concise like he got it the most out of any review that he got. It was their favorite review, man. So Quinn's good job.
0: Yeah, that's like, awesome. So if you just look, if you if you were curious about that, um, just look for Rock Paper Shotgun Crypt of the Nectar Crypt of the Necrodancer, and then Quentin Smith or Quinn's, and you can
1: find his video. It's really good and, and the, it's game, also really the game. The game sounds so good because we got the power up guys on it. That's right. So thank you so, so much, Kevin, for yes, letting us crash. Kevin is you. a boss. Yeah. Invade your,
0: your apartment way too early in the
1: morning on yeah. a Saturday, <laughs> I like, right, right after party day. So it's great. Yep. You know, What a guy.
0: Um, and then finally. As always, thank you very much to Mr. Ed Harrison for letting us use his track. Ten Soldiers from the Neo-Tokyo OSTs are intro and outro music. It's cyberpunk. It's great, Neo actually. Tokyo. I'm oh, not goodness. even into that scene
1: of music, but I really like this one. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. Uh, folks should grab it at edharrison.bandcamp.com.
1: Exactly. And we're back <laughs> No I just edited this all out It's like nothing and, happened And we're back <laughs> <God> Damn it <laughs>